Restart is written and produced by Drew Samuelson. Read by Eric Samuelson. Copyright held by Drew Samuelson. I took a deep breath and flung open the door. But the stench of death poured out so much that I let the door close again. Looking back, I saw Xavier jogging the last 30 feet toward me, his eyes scanning around the area, his bow at the ready, an arrow notched. It works better if you walk in once you open the door, Xavier said wryly. I just stared at him. You know, open the door and walk in, Xavier said, smiling broadly now. Okay, just, just trying to lighten the mood a little. Tell me what's up, Odysseus. The place reeks of death, I said, flaring my nostrils as I tried to rid the smell. I'll go ahead and check it out, okay? Xavier said. Okay, I said. Xavier grabbed my shoulder once, breathed out, and flung open the door, pushing off me as he jumped into the room. The door shut on its spring and all was quiet. A few seconds later, the door burst open and Xavier came out retching. It's pretty bad in there, he said between breaths. You know, if you want to go inside a building, you can't just run out again. Works better if you stay in, I said dryly. Oh, you're hilarious, Odysseus, Xavier said, before he spat on the sidewalk. Then he reached in his pocket and pulled out a red bandana, which he tied around his face so only his eyes were showing, making him look like he was about to rob a stagecoach on his way to Kansas City. He didn't speak again after flinging open the door once more and stepping inside. As I waited, I realized he didn't even know what my mother looked like, so he wouldn't recognize her if he saw her. I turned from the door and surveyed the street. Finn was sniffing at a trash can around the corner of the building. Tyler was staring back down the street from where we had come. Further down the street was a long hill that flattened out right at the edge of the river as the road spilled onto the bridge. The same bridge where the mob had been, maybe three miles away. How fast can a mob move? Pretty fast, I figured. How fast could that mob move? Real fast, I thought. I saw Tyler cock his head. Then Fimicool stopped sniffing at a row of pink azalea bushes and cocked his head like Tyler. You hear that? Tyler asked, still looking down the street toward a bend. Hear what? I asked. They're coming. I think there's more of them this time. We need to go, Tyler said, turning to look at me. We need to wait for Xavier. He'll be out soon, I said. We need to get to the car, Xavier, Tyler said, his voice rising with his fear. And in case you forgot, our car is back that way. He pointed down the street. You know where the, where the mob is coming from. I ran to the door of the office and opened it up, calling out, Xavier, we need to go, now. Just then, Fimicole barked, and I turned to see them coming at the rope. One by one, as they came around the bend, followed by a dense mass coming in behind the leaders up front. I froze. Finn froze. Tyler turned and sprinted toward me. That's when they spotted us. One of them let out a shrill shriek, which was taken up by the mob, sounded more like an angry moan than anything else. Get inside, I said, jerking my head back to the office as I stared at the mob. Tyler was right. It wasn't just bigger. It was twice as big, at least. Tyler w wasted no time opening the office door and stepping inside. Immediately, I heard a lot of banging and scraping, and I realized he was trying to lock the office door. Come on, boy, I said as I yanked open the door, only to see Tyler had dogged down the crash bar locking the door. Another second, and he would have locked us out. Finn ran inside, and I followed, closing the door behind me with an instant click. I tried the door, and it was indeed locked. If I didn't know any better, I'd say he nearly locked us out. No, man, Tyler said, laughing nervously. I'd never do that. I turned and started pulling a heavy metal desk in front of the door. Tyler helped me push it to the door, the start of a blockade. Outside, I could hear lots of footsteps and a wave of angry voices getting closer, but I couldn't make out any words among them. Follow me, Xavier said, peering in the room out of nowhere, looking calmer than I felt. Tyler followed them, then Finn, then me in the rear. I was eager to get out of the front office area because before they lo locked in, saw us, and tore us to pieces. Xavier took us back to the darkened hall, then disappeared down a steep, creaky set of stairs. 
I heard the glass breaking in the front office. We were out of options, so I followed him down to the basement with Finn whining behind me. In the basement, I saw the others standing in front of me by the light of a single ceiling bulb. Close the door, Odysseus, Xander called over his shoulder. I closed the wooden basement door once I got to it, though I didn't see the point. And shut off the light, he added. I pulled the string, expecting to be in pitch dark, but up ahead I saw another light and walked toward it fast, my head down in case there was a low pipe or something. All the while, I was terrified a hand would reach up from behind, wrench me backward into the pulsating and bloodthirsty mob. But I shot forward, feeling the dirt floor under my boots, the air cold and damp. A few desperate seconds later, I caught up with them, waiting for, for me in another interior door. Finn looked up at me, panting nervously, the way dogs will do when frightened. Wolfhounds were bred to range over open ground to track and bring down wolves. They didn't do basements or angry mobs in close quarters. Still, I knew he wouldn't leave me. Once I stepped through the door, I saw it was a metal door with a metal frame. Xavier closed it heavily as it creaked loud on its unoiled hinges. It wasn't just a metal door, more like an iron door for a prison, complete with an iron frame built into thick stone set in cement. He slid a thick iron bar into place, and it disappeared into a wide iron sleeve, which itself rested in still more concrete and stone. What the heck? I asked in disbelief. Don't you know Camp Hill was an old army camp? Xavier replied. There's all kinds of old stuff here, like jails and forts, Xavier said, leading us away on a stone path which took us noticeably downward. Remembering a small mag light in my right cargo pocket, I pulled it out and shined it down the tunnel as we walked. I counted 20 paces and was about to ask him where it was going when my head and feet told me we were starting to walk upward toward the surface again. Finn McCool bumped into me and he turned around, trying to lick my face. Ahead I heard creaky foot wooden steps, barely able to make out a figure going up another set of steps. Then the light grew brighter, and I saw Tyler's feet at the top of the steps. No doubt Xavier had opened a door. I followed Finn up the steps and came to an unexpected place. Normally, I wouldn't have been happy to be so close to food. We were standing behind a deli counter. In front of me were refrigerated display cases full of salami, ham, turkey, roast beef, and cheese. Finn could smell it and whimpered eagerly, but my eyes moved towards Xavier and Tyler, who were standing about five in front of me, right against the deli case, staring straight ahead. I figured they had seen the mob outside, but as I stepped closer and moved to the side of them, I saw a strange light flickering across their faces, a pulsating snake of light, glowing and twitching, taking on a different shape with each flick of the light. Hey, I said, but neither moved. I'm not sure it made me do it, but I was so creeped out and so hungry and so pissed off that I walked up I walked up to Tyler and shoved him hard on his left shoulder. He toppled over like a dead tree, right into Xavier, who toppled over like another dead tree. But they didn't say anything when they hit the ground. Silence. I was more freaked out and more angry than I have, than I was until then, so I went up to Xavier, bent over and slapped him in the face. Crack. I stood over Tyler and did the same thing, only harder since I was already tired of him. Crack. Glasses, I heard a small voice say from the ground, only it sounded more like a muffled grasses. It was Xavier, and on his forehead were those weird glasses he had once told me about. I remember now he had slid them off his face before he headed into the office. Probably because they were tinted, it was dark inside the office. You still have your glasses, Xavier, I told him. They're on your head. Now tell me what happened. He coughed, gasped, then in a raspy voice said, Put them on your face, idiot. What? I asked. Put my glasses on while you still can, and don't look around. Not in anything. I plucked them off his head and slid them onto my face and saw the world in a different light. Xavier had saved my life again.